everyone. Welcome back to Bitwise of the Podcast. I'm Kate, and today we have a very special Castlevania-focused interview with Sam Dietz and Adam Dietz. Hey, hey guys. Sam Dietz, the director of Castlevania. Hi, and I am Adam Dietz and the assistant director of Castlevania. And this leads me to my first question, because I want to kind of set the stage for all the listeners, because I feel like a lot of the times, a lot of people don't even have like a solid grasp on what live action directors do. So I wanted my first question to be, can you walk us through some of the responsibilities and how, how is an animation director different from live action or, or is it not? Um, I, I have never done live action and I don't know anything about how live action is made. <laughs> uh, that it's just all wizardry but uh that's probably what they think of animation as well uh, <laughs> no uh, um the process is basically we uh you know we work with the, the producers and the writers and all, all that kind of stuff to uh, uh look at uh what's been written we start uh drawing characters designing characters designing the world all that good stuff and um my role was uh, uh you know, kind of the series director is looking, it is kind of the scope of the whole show and uh, the look of it and, you know, the general way that the characters are designed and everything. Um, and then I work with the team under me and Katie Silva being the uh, supervisor of character designer for since uh, season three. Um, um, she's kind of taken over on uh, designing the characters a lot of time after I kind of established things with the first two seasons. And um, from there, it's uh, translating uh, the scripts over to uh, storyboards and um, those storyboards into animation. Um, and then finally, <laughs> that animation into the, uh, the final uh, uh, composite and edit. Um, so um, it's a lot of, a whole lot of drawing uh, is, is probably the <laughs> I mean. Sam, would you say that you kind of act almost like a art director plus storyboard supervisor in a sense? Like you're not the official storyboard supervisor, but you got you do story storyboard oversight essentially. Storyboard oversight is definitely a big part of the job. Uh, yeah. But the um, every production is a little different, and I'm kind of involved with the every step of the of the production. So yeah. uh, starting with the uh, the visual development of it. Uh, and setting the look and all that stuff uh, is part of my job uh, all the way through to, um, uh, I'm, I'm especially this latest season, been heavily involved with the uh, animation itself. Um, and uh, less involved with the, uh, the post-production composite. That's more Adam's thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, as he can tell you, I, I jumped in at the very end of season four to, to try and help out with uh, compositing. And, you know, I did a, I helped a little, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I also made it, uh, uh, things, uh, a few things a little harder uh, as well. It's more Adam Shorte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say that on my end, um, what my primary duties are is that uh, in the very early uh, beginnings of things, I'm the animatic and storyboard wrangler, to, in a sense. I, I'm taking all the storyboards and, uh, turning them into animatics, essentially. Um, and I actually, these days on season four, I actually don't have to do as much as that as I used to, because in seasons one and two, I was the only editor on the project. Uh, and then finally, 
I was, I woke up and I was like, I'm an idiot. I need editors. I need, I can't be the other one person, person doing this. And so we have other editors now uh, on this season, we had David Howe. He's done wonderful work. Um, but I still kind of do oversight on animatic creation uh, and making sure that everything hooks up sequence wise, everything feels okay. Everything's timed out. Okay. David obviously does a ton of that work as well. Um, and I kind of carry that process over to post-production as well, where I do uh, post-production uh, oversight, um, okay. where I'm ensuring that uh, there are sometimes a lot of finicky problems that come up on the editing end and the storyboard end that transfer over to the final post-production process. And so we do additional editing and oversight there in post-production. Um, and on top of that, uh, I also oversight, I do oversight on just uh, color grades and special effects work and et cetera, and transfer that to the compositing crew so they keep moving and also do compositing work on my end, uh, if, if necessary. Um, and I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty heavily involved with just storyboard work in the sense that if there's something that I feel like is missing, then I'll, I'll give notes on a certain thing. Typically, I'll stay out of the early storyboard uh, notes phase. But on occasion, something big might come up. So like, for example, in season three, uh, episode nine, I actually had uh, a lot of say and I had a specific vision for the moment where Isaac rides up uh, the, uh, in the city state, he rides yeah. his horse up the, the mountain, up to the tower to get to the wizard, uh, that Legion's existence in there and the way that was supposed to visually feel and stuff was a, a lot of me in the background. Uh, although Amanda Sturay aborted that sequence, did an amazing job with it. Yeah, Adam's job is uh, uh, much more kind of uh, uh, technical in a sense because he's uh, looking at everything that we're doing, uh, uh, number one, e editing it, but also uh, figuring out the uh, technical aspects and making sure that it gets done. Uh, yeah. And there's this is a, a project that has a lot of uh, very complicated uh, 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 technical uh issues that you know well we kind of create for ourselves but then also <laughs> <laughs> wants to uh you know bring to life so um there's a um a lot of of just uh creative uh problem solving that's going on in the background that uh, typically is uh filtering through adam as he's looking at uh, uh everything that we're doing and, and and boarding we're trying to figure out okay so should uh you know this go through the animators is should this go through um uh how would we handle it on the uh, compositing side of things yeah etc yeah and that's i mean hearing the sheer amount of work just in, in you know y'all's roles what what brought y'all to castlevania um because you all have created something immensely special and every season has gotten a little bit longer than the last what brought you all on this journey like what got you all i, I guess like the easiest way is why castlevania well a lot uh, of luck <laughs> uh, definitely luck yeah it, it's funny because uh uh kevin colby uh he um acquired the rights to do uh, an animated uh, uh castlevania something uh, way back in uh, the mid 2000s, I think. And back then, you know, uh, I had just gotten, you know, bar barely finished school and uh, uh, started at Powerhouse and, and all that kind of stuff. And the project wasn't really getting off the ground because uh, uh, back then it was going to be a direct DVD movie. And, um, you know, direct DVD stuff was starting to die out, et cetera. And the show got its second life. Uh, 
like 10 years later when uh, Netflix originals and streaming uh, was doing originals and stuff like that. And uh, that's when we kind of came in because by then uh, we had been more firmly, uh, uh, we'd had, you know, years of experience in the animation field. And um, I remember seeing uh, a news article that this project was coming back to life. And I jokingly uh, told Brad, uh, the uh, CEO of Powerhouse, uh, I was just like, hey, we should, we should work on that. And uh, I didn't expect anything to come of it, but Brad was like, well, you know, I, I know some people at Frederator and I'll, I'll poke around and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, for context for this, by the way, uh, we've been, we had been very lately poking around for, and I say we, the studio as a whole have been poking around to get series work for years yeah. and it just always fell through. Yeah, and uh, this being something, a property that me and Adam have loved since, you know, we were kids, and, uh, uh, you know, as well as being, you know, uh, leaning towards an anime style and all that, that uh, was the direction that we wanted to go in and all that kind of stuff. It just uh, was something that really, you know, spoke to us. So, um, you know, we, we shot our shot and uh, <laughs> it just happened to, to fall into place. And, um, you know, after going back and forth with uh, uh, Kevin for a while and kind of talking to him about, what uh, we bring to the table, um, you know, we did uh, uh, drawings and sketches and all that kind of stuff, sent them over and it just happened to uh, uh, land on our plates and we had to figure out how to make a, a series. <laughs> <laughs> and out of that series, I think one of the things that I have found uh, amazing, because I've played a few Castlevania games, but I wouldn't say that like, I'm a major like Castlevania game <laughs> fan. What went into making this animation, this series, like really accessible? Because I feel like a lot of the times with adaptations, it's hard to please both crowds, right? It's hard to hit the fans that are existing. It's, it's you know, while also bringing in new folks. And I feel like uh, Castlevania has kind of struck that really good balance and has found its place amongst both crowds like it was that something you all had at the forefront as you were developing the series or did it grow over time gosh i feel like i feel like it kind of happened on its own to an extent just because the writing is very adult you know it's it's uh talking about adult themes and things that matter to anybody really i think young adults older adults etc um and i think that also on top of hitting the video game crowd we're also hitting the anime crowd just visually you know uh, on on top of that uh so i and i i i hate to say it but I, there's just a lot of people that really love richard armitage's voice yeah uh we really <laughs> hit that mom segment of fans really really well they just love that guy and so i think there's just a lot of really good working parts uh, yeah, I think that, uh, um, well, I think going in from the start, it was always the, the goal was to make something that anyone could walk in and, and watch. And it, it wasn't something that um, uh, required any prior knowledge. And I think that that's also something that happens to be inherently uh, beneficial to, uh, to the property itself, because, you know, you're dealing with Dracula and you're dealing with uh, vampires and you're dealing with uh, monster hunters. You don't need a whole lot of information uh, uh, walking into it. Yeah, also, there's like decades of lore already there. Yeah, and, and uh, for a long time, this was kind of like the beginning of the story for the, the universe until Lament of Innocence came in. Um, this was kind of like, 
uh, okay, you know, the, the Belmonts were pretty much starting from square one uh, and everything was growing from what uh, 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 was built here uh, for the rest of the, uh, uh, the, the timeline. And so it, it uh, really was like, you know, uh, Kev Kevin picked Castlevania three for a reason. And that was, it has uh, all this lore that ends up carrying over to uh, the later games that start here. And yeah. uh, I think that was really uh, a big uh, selling point. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think that, uh, um, you know, it, it was something that we wa wanted to make sure anyone could walk into. It was inherent to the property. Uh, and it was a decision right at the start that it, it just happened to be something that uh, 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 you can enjoy regardless of whether or not you, you play or care about the games. And I think coming off of that, one of the things that really struck me, um, especially as an anime fan, as a game fan, as you in, in general, the fandoms I in and, and also being a, you know, a, a brown woman, the diversity in Castlevania, like y'all have increasingly gotten, you all have increasingly avoided the, the largest issue that happens in fantasy stories, which is, you know, the lack of, you know, visually diverse characters. And I wanted to ask, like, especially with such a, Isaac playing such a big role in, in season three as well, really getting to know him. Was this something was, you know, the diversity of the characters and I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this. Apologies. Um, it, it's something that is, is really floored me, is the attention to this and making sure that every character has a wholeness to them that doesn't feel like they're just there for set dressing. Um, so did you have diversity in mind as you were building out everything? Or was this did it also just kind of fall into place? It was kind of something that we, it, it was, I suppose, in the back of our heads, but it also just felt natural is the best way I could put it, um, because it was uh, something that we wanted to make sure that this world just didn't feel like it was, um, or this story didn't feel like it was just focused on this one tiny little uh, uh, place and group of people. This is a worldwide event that uh, was affecting everyone. And yeah. therefore, you're going to have people from all walks of life that are being, that are tied to it and, and uh, affected by it. And so it, it was, you know, a, an active decision to start uh, bringing in, especially at the, uh, uh, as season two and then season three started coming in, uh, bringing in characters from uh, various uh, walks of life and uh, uh, various parts of the world. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was a, a natural part of the storytelling as well as, you know, in the back of our head, yeah, we, we wanted to make sure that this wasn't just the, a story with a bunch of white people. A very, <laughs> a very pale vampire show, like many of them end up being, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 100. Trap to fall into. <laughs> yeah. Well, 100%. I mean, and I'm thankful for that. And hearing you kind of talk about how, you know, there's involvement in overseeing a lot of the character design. I think one of the things that, like, I've praised Castlevania for in my reviews is the character designs themselves of one man, everybody is attractive in this show, y'all. That's like the Castlevania thing. <laughs> It's got to be that way. Like, uh, the, you know, it's the, ever since the Ayami Kojima was on board doing art for it, there's been nothing but beautiful men and women. And so that's just kind of the thing, right? That's just like the sort of like shtick for it. And so, of course, we stuck with that. Yeah, that, that was a fun thing to try and uh, uh, jump in and, and absorb uh, as I uh, 
started developing the look of the show at the very beginning was like uh, really absorbing Ayami Kojima's uh, uh, aesthetic and uh, understanding it, but also kind of like getting to uh, getting it to work with the uh, the tone of the show itself and finding that balancing act uh, there. And uh, yeah, you know, making everyone uh, uh, gorgeous it was <laughs> kind of kind of part of it. And, and I did also want to ask too, like, because you have you have these gorgeous characters, you know, long eyelashes, you know, lipstick on point uh, for a lot of those vampire ladies, but it's also filled with so much gore and so much creative monster designs that really like straddle that line between like ooh, this is kind of grotesque but also this is really cool looking um what goes into kind of striking that balance between like gory and beautiful at the same time oh gosh that's a that's that's a good question God. <laughs> i feel like I, I think we feel like we in, in a sense we've accidentally ended up there because we like to have fun during battle, you know, yeah. battle scenes and whatnot. We're, we're also obviously trying to hit horror notes for certain kinds of sequences, depending on what they are. Uh, and that sometimes comes packed with a certain level of body horror, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think that a lot of the time we're not even taking it that seriously, the gore part, just because it's, it's all in the fun of the combat sequences. Yeah. Right? <laughs> In other instances, the horror it, the horror element is supposed to feel as as horrific as possible. Obviously, um, juxtaposing that with beautiful people, I don't know. That's it's one of those things that anime's been doing for a lot a yeah. long time, right? You know, like uh, they have this very uh, this this very obvious, clear view of of that juxtaposition juxtaposition happening for a long time. From that, uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask as well is. As we move into season four and we kind of look at where our character where the characters were and where they are now and where they're gonna end up, um, everybody's gone on such a, a phenomenal journey. Like, of course, like Saifa, Trevor, and Alucard have, but like so has Isaac and so has Hector, although I would like him to be a little bit happier, please. <laughs> um, but I just want I just somebody needs to give him a hug with like love and meaning. Uh, but well, that's besides the point. <laughs> That's what everybody wants, and I can't tell you whether we're going to give that to you or not. <laughs> You're just going to have to wait. Um, but is there any particular journey that has been, you know, really important to you guys as, as crafting? Because, um, I mean, I will say, like, when I reviewed season three, I, I, was, I was genuinely blown away by how much characters had changed and yet still felt like themselves and felt like they grew instead of became somebody different. Yeah, I mean, that season three is, I would say, in a sense, some of these characters' lowest points. Um, but on the other hand, Isaac is kind of on his way up. Right? Yeah. Uh, he's learning some things about himself. Um, and there's there's a, uh, a parallel there where characters are moving in opposite directions. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the point of the season, uh, is there's a lot of change happening, you know, uh, that season was all about what does the world look like without Dracula there? Is it even any better? Um, and we found out a lot of a lot of uh, particulars about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that uh, uh, certainly crafting uh, Isaac's journey was uh, a, a, an especially um, 
a satisfying part of uh, a building season three and um, then uh, I, I'm looking forward to y'all seeing where it goes with season four. Um, and the continuing to develop on, uh, you know, Trevor and, and Saifa's uh, relationship and their journey uh, has been a lot of fun. And um, then, you know, it, it's... Uh... God, it's hard because like for me, it, all of it matters. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's there's not a single like character arc that doesn't matter. It all yeah. matters. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, payoff coming. <laughs> and I can't really, uh, uh, say too much other than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. Um, I think from that point, too, like one of the things and one of the reasons I really wanted to interview you all, especially with, you know, the final season coming up is Castlevania's come on like a, a really big journey. And like, I can only speak from a fan's perspective where, you know, it's gotten increasingly longer. I remember waiting at RTX when it screened for the first time, like way back when, and <laughs> how long that took just to get in and how excited I was once it was done. And I, I wanted to ask you all, like, did you all know that it was going to have such an impact on pop uh, culture? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, <laughs> Sam will tell you that we were, we were like, everybody's going to hate this. It was, it's horrible. Oh God, what are we going to do? Oh no. Have we screwed up? Maybe we screwed up. Like rewinding, rewinding. Like we were proud of what we, what we worked on, but this was a video game adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Video game adaptations. That was that was the rule going in, and so we we kind of just were like, oh well. I mean, we 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 did our best. We did put our all into it. We are crossing our fingers and <laughs> yeah. like, uh, it's up to the audience at that point. We're we're proud because we had learned so much uh, doing like like working on it, and you know you could tell that like everyone involved was like I don't know and shrugging their shoulders uh, just before it came, it came out and. Um, you know, we were hoping that we were going to get to make uh, a season two and everything was get was getting planned out and all that kind of stuff. We were like, I oh, you know, we may not have jobs in a little bit. We don't know. <laughs> and then it goes out and it explodes. And you're like, what? And, and you yeah. know, we even kind of started seeing it with the uh, uh, the teaser that came out beforehand. And then the, the trailer came out and everyone was losing their shit. And, it was, and there was, you know, millions of people uh, watching uh, these these teasers and these trailers and stuff and we're like ah, are we gonna be okay <laughs> is it, yeah. does this mean that we we did it and um you know it, it, we just we we absolutely had no idea that uh, uh it was it was actually going to take off and uh we, we were just so uh nervous because this is our first time working on a series and uh this is uh you know we we were stumbling so much with that first season trying to trying to you know figure out um, how best to, to make these things and we it's completely uh different how we run our, our show these days yeah yeah i, I don't and we've improved that <laughs> yeah yeah we've improved so much and but like i can tell you with certainty that the anxiety never goes away um <laughs> every every release you're always just like oh, is, are they gonna like it even though all we did was release a poster and there were like 75k likes on it you know people obviously care about this a whole lot um it's just one of those it's just the the nervous artist problem that's all yeah oh yeah yeah one of the things that has really kind of struck me with castlevania as a series 
is I feel like there, there are these larger elements that are like paying homage to like really big horror representations of like vampire lore and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But also it's a very unique look at vampires, vampire hierarchy and all this stuff uh, and all of that stuff as well. Were there large influences that you look to when kind of crafting um, all of those elements? And, and, you know, whether it's monsters in general, the magic or the vampires, like what, piece is really inspired building out because world building is real hard and you all do it real well. Um, so I kind of wanted to know if there were any inspirations or any pieces that you saw and you're like, no, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it better. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like so much of that's in the writing and it was kind of built for us. So I, I wouldn't say I would look at anything directly, but I, I would say that and Sam, I don't want to speak for you, but like it feels to me like so much of that stuff, especially all the in-court drama that happens with vampires, just feels like you know, real-world politics to a degree. All the the bickering and the infighting, and just the fact that it's like it's childish a lot of time politically. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the feel that I got from it. Yeah, and um, I mean, as far as the visual design and everything that uh, we're looking at. Um, in a similar way to how uh, Castlevania games like to look back at, um, you know, very, very old lore and folk tales and everything, uh, sometimes we have liked to kind of dig through those old folk tales and, and, and everything and find uh, new nuggets that haven't necessarily been explored, uh, whether it be in Castlevania or it be in, um, uh, you know, something common that you might uh, have ran into in other shows uh, and so that that was that's kind of like a fun way that we draw inspiration for doing something that's at least a, a little bit unique uh, is digging through uh, uh, these old uh, 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 descriptions of um, you know various uh, 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 characters or creatures and uh, doing a new spin on it. Um, and then other times in the uh, uh, same inspiration of how Castlevania looks uh, backwards towards those uh, old folk tales, we'll also look at uh, uh, contemporary horror, uh, you know, uh, more recent games or movies or et cetera that uh, uh, inspire us and pay homage to uh, uh, those things. And so the method has been uh, uh, largely kind of following the the original intent of what Castlevania has always been. It's been uh, cramming together all these different uh, uh, horror uh, 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 creatures and, and franchises and mm-hmm. stuff from way back when um, and finding new places to kind of pull inspiration from. And that's uh, something that we've, we've tried to continue uh, in the show in that regard. Yeah, it's a, a flabbergasting, by the way, that we managed to do it at all, given that Castlevania is basically Indiana Jones plus Dracula <laughs> mashed together. Like, <laughs> pretty hard thing to work with, really, as a foundation. But it, Random random guy with a whip uh, uh, yeah. kills, kills Dracula with it. Yeah, it doesn't... Scrape by, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say that's kind of, you know, that's uh, uh, our spin on it is is um, continuing that tradition, um, but uh, finding new spins on it. Yeah. The (laughs) battles, uh, because holy moly, there are so many giant 
battles and <sighs> intricate you're battles. Me. You're and telling me. as a viewer, I'm just like, oh my God, this is awesome. But I'm assuming they were very hard to put together. <laughs> uh, I am sick of crowd scenes. Sick of <laughs> I don't want to see another crowd battle in my life. But yes, yeah. I, I, they're very difficult. I would say all the crowd sequences, the battlefields with lots of crowds are very, very difficult to do as a whole. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we don't do a lot of uh, 3D, you know, characters or anything like that. You know, we, we, we look over at uh, uh, anime and a lot of like big crowds, stuff like that. They usually do uh, cel-shaded 3D these days. And we haven't really jumped into that. The only thing that we've done is uh, Legion, the uh, big ball of uh, mm -hmm. uh, bodies was our first kind of foray into uh, quote unquote 3D characters. And it, it, it was not even 3D the whole time. A lot of the time that was all hand drawn uh, uh, and horrible. <laughs> uh, some of the most expensive shots in the show are uh, the ones that we ended up doing hand drawn because we just didn't feel like the 3D was holding up. And so that's yeah. that super hard. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, what you what you saw in in season three uh, in terms of how much action and battles and stuff was uh, there does is barely anything compared to what we <laughs> uh, we've done for uh, season four. Oh my gosh! The, season four uh, is has by far been uh, the the toughest, most complicated uh, season in that regard. Uh, and uh, it, I'm super proud of everything that we did, but gosh, it. it it, it was tough. Uh, and yeah, the, it's um, crafting these is, is very uh, uh, complicated because on the, um, you have a few different things going on. You have, uh, um, you have to storyboard all of that and that uh, is, is time consuming in itself, but then you have to figure out getting it all animated. And uh, I have certain you know standards that i like to meet when it comes to animation you know you see the the sakuga uh, kids online that uh all you know they they post the uh, uh, uh this amazing animation stuff like that mm -hmm. and that inspires us and that's what we want to uh you know that those are the standards that we want to meet so uh, i'm very hands-on with uh, uh the animation side of the show uh and so Whenever we finish an episode, uh, uh, the first thing that I do is uh, go through, or whenever we finish the pre-production of an episode, I should say, um, first thing I do is I go through all the shots and I decide, okay, who's gonna animate these? And um, we have our uh, outsourcing partner that we work with in Korea, uh, Tiger Animation, uh, who uh, handles uh, the majority of the show, um, but we like to, uh, handpick animators and then have our own internal staff of animators um, mm -hmm. that uh, uh, I think um, is a, a huge part of what makes the show visually what it is. And so uh, I go through and I, I pick out, okay, uh, you know, this run of shots that needs to go over to, you know, Tam Lu, who is, uh, um, you know, this. Uh, one of our, our amazing animators here in house and um, y'all are going to get to know uh, 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 a couple of our other uh, animators uh, Josh and Gareth have this next season and uh, as well as dozens of freelance animators that we uh, work with and yeah. that um, 
I go through and I, I decide, you know, who's going to uh, be working on all those. And we ship out those shots to these uh, individual handpicked animators and then give them feedback directly uh, and drawovers and et cetera. And uh, that's a big part of, I think, you know, how we get the show uh, visually to where uh, we want it is uh, handpicking animators, uh, um, sending shots out to uh, them giving them direct feedback, as well as doing a lot of uh, animation ourselves. Uh, in season uh, uh, four, I, I personally worked on at least 300 shots. I'm not entirely sure where the, uh, <laughs> uh, where the, the final tally was. And there's uh, a lot of our other uh, amazing animators were doing um, dozens, if not hundreds of shots themselves. Uh, and then uh, I think that is a, a big point of pride on uh, uh, our point is is um, how hands-on we are with uh, that animation, but it's also extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess that wasn't my final question because now I can't believe I didn't ask this one. Why did you all choose this style? I mean, and it, 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 it makes sense because I, you know, I, I've, I am very vocally on Twitter, a pretty much a powerhouse animation stand as because <laughs> I love everything that comes out from from powerhouse. But um, it is very much uh, anime at the end of the day, like when we do our top of lists all the time, we always include well, Castlevania always gets uh, gets included on animated and anime lists. Um, what was, I guess, the choice for this style in general? Um, so the um, uh, when we went into making the show, I think everyone kind of had this idea of uh, looking at Ayami Kojima's work and uh, uh drawing inspiration from it when developing the style but we did kind of you know play around with style development and, and try out a few different things and uh, uh i'm going to plug the art book uh that comes out uh, later this year uh <laughs> because it, that actually has some of that style development that i don't think has ever been released into the wild uh, and there's you can see some like really uh, uh, uh funny like early uh, uh trevor's and and ciphers and stuff that look totally different from the style of the show and that was just kind of like well okay um this show seems like it's going to be really hard to make let's try out uh simpler styles uh, yeah. <laughs> and um we kept coming back around to being like no that's not really right the show trying to simplify the the uh designs and everything because um as soon as you start pulling out some of the uh, the shading or some of the line work, or uh, you know, you pluck out those uh, beautiful eyelashes and so on, um, it just doesn't really feel like it has that um, gothic bishonen aesthetic yeah. that uh, you, you see from Ayami Kojima's uh, work and uh, uh, you know what you expect. And we really wanted to get into that vein, and so you know uh, that feel that you get from like berserk and stuff dark yeah. and doing a um, you know doing really simple character designs unfortunately for how uh, freaking hard it is to actually uh, uh, animate and everything it just doesn't uh, uh, it, it actually I think um, just affect it, it hurts uh, how you end up absorbing the, uh, the story and the characters and everything it just doesn't fit well, that that's awesome. And I'm awesome in general that uh, just matching it to, to Kojima's 
work um, and finding that balance because it, it works. And I have posted many a thirst tweet for um, all of the characters in Castlevania. So <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be the first, that's for sure. <laughs> well, endless uh, parade of it. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, when going into the designs, like I don't necessarily think think of it in those terms. I just kind of do what feels right. And yeah. Also be what uh, everyone is thirsting after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, kind of what you mentioned, which I, it had, I hadn't even thought about it till you, you mentioned it was the Bishonen element to all of these characters. Like I hadn't even thought about that. And I, I love that aesthetic. So that's, that's a really uh, interesting layer onto it, especially and with. You look back far enough and you can kind of see, connect the dots between, you know, what was inspiring Ayami Kojima when she was a developing mm -hmm. artist early on. Yeah. And how that kind of uh, uh, moved into, you know, what we're, what we're doing on uh, 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 Castlevania. And yeah, you look back far enough and you got a little bit of that uh, Bishonen uh, work. Some of her early work really uh, absorbed a lot of that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, on top of her work, uh, there was obviously trying to, um, you know, make like a, I mentioned earlier, make, making it work with the uh, tone of the show as well as uh, animation. And, you know, there's obvious just influences that have affected uh, us uh, over the years. And, um, you know, you, you, if you look close enough, you can see, um, you know, my love for uh, uh, the old Capcom artists and stuff like that yeah. uh, 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 kind of slipping in. And that was what where I was kind of at before Castlevania uh, was uh, various like Capcom artists and comic artists and stuff like that back in the day, as well as the influences from all the projects that I, I had worked on before then. Um, kind of get crammed in, getting crammed in through the lens, this uh, particular uh, aesthetic uh, uh, that we were um, uh, trying to land. Yeah. With With everything ending, is there anything that you want fans to take away from Castlevania? Because as much as it is like a giant fantasy, action-packed, beautiful people, packed vampires doing all these things, there are some really big themes packed in too across each character arc and each person. And, and is there any particular thing that you, you want people to take away from the finale and the series as a whole or, you know, something that you all have taken away from it? I... I think that's hard to talk about because um, I without season four coming out, you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I guess uh, it's almost like spoiling the th the the themes that uh, present themselves in season four. I'm gonna go out on a limb, Sam, and I think I can pose this in a way that <laughs> might work. Um, there's been uh, continuous cycles of violence that have happened in the show for a while. Uh, and there's also been a central theme about reformation, whether that's like a, a worthwhile thing to ask of people, whether someone can reform and, and come back to our side on, on, a, on a thing. Um, and that's what the season's about thematically. It's, we're, 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 gonna at, we're gonna hopefully maybe an, uh, answer that question or leave you up with a bunch of questions and maybes. <laughs> <laughs>
that that was my last question and honestly i do want to like thank y'all for the work that you've put into this series and really bringing it to life like as a fan i always have a hard time when i do these interviews because i'm like oh my god i just really like this this property <laughs> and also i want to have a real cool interview but um i want to thank y'all for the work you've done the time you've given to me today thank and i guess so much for having us on and it's been a lot of fun i'm uh, I'm anyway. sad that, that uh, I guess we can't we can't uh, yammer on longer. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, for the first time in five years, in, in five long years, uh, <laughs> we we uh, are actually on a a break. Like, uh, yeah. we're in between uh, uh, projects, more or less. And um, you know, we, it's actually like very chill. I'm catching up on. Uh, you know, errands and medical appointments <laughs> that I had uh, uh, woefully fallen behind on uh, uh, during, you know, the past six months trying to finish up season four. And uh, it, for the first time, we don't have, you know, the overlap that you see between seasons and stuff like that, which is really just the uh, the worst time period in any production because you're, yeah. you're trying to deal with the post-production on a, on a new season while you're or on, on the previous season while you're dealing with pre-production on the, the next and uh it's it, you know it, it's so difficult and for the first time you know we're just kind of uh, uh on a real vacation without uh, <laughs> thinking about what's uh, uh what's happening next and what's going on and all that kind of stuff well thank you all for the time today i will now officially wrap the interview <laughs> <laughs> But as you know, as we transition out, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you all, how they can support the show, what are the best ways to, you know, keep up to date on, you know, maybe new trailer drops or anything like that as, you well, know, everything happens. I just want to say uh, thank you to, uh, to you, Kate, and to all the fans out there. And uh, please uh, uh, watch the show, uh, you know, as early as possible from uh when it gets released you know this is especially this season is um i think uh, i it's a spoiler heavy season and i really hope that people manage to watch it without getting spoiled um so please you know uh, uh try to watch it as early as possible and uh uh please be respectful about spoilers uh, uh everyone and uh you know hashtag castlevania spoilers or something like that uh, so that, uh, uh, you know, everyone can kind of go into this uh, season fresh. Please, uh, you know, watch the show and, and buy the <laughs> buy the Blu-ray and the art book that's coming out. Art book is huge. It's uh, really, really exciting for us to see all this uh, artwork we've done over the past five years crammed into one place. And uh, uh, that all, you know, really goes a long way to help us continue making great things. Yeah, thank you, Kate, for everything. Really appreciate the interview. Uh, thanks to the fans. Keep watching. This season's going to be dope. I hope. I hope you like it. Uh, and stay horny out there, okay? <laughs> Adam Beats, what are you doing? <laughs> Look, that's just the way they are. You know that. <laughs> I would just like to say that I, I personally appreciate the license to be horny on Maine given by the by, given by a director on the show. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's like my view, but it is the view that they have taken on and thus I support their view. Okay. <laughs>